Welcome to Pastors of the Roundtable. This is the Discipleship Podcast of Monroe Missionary Baptist Church, brought to you by Together in Christ, the teaching ministry of MNBC in Monroe, Michigan. We encourage thoughtful discussion about the Christian faith and connect you to the people and the ministries of MNBC. Uh, today around the table, we have everybody minus Pastor Scott, who is in New Orleans, in the South right now, going to the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, having a great time, it looks like, eating crawfish and things like that. So, um, yeah, so he's gone today. He's gone today. He's mm-hmm. been gone for a while. He's been gone for a little bit. So, um, hopefully he's found some canned Coke. Um, because that's Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Not Coke oh, Zero. He's a Diet Coke fan? Not even Coke Zero. Mm, well, not wow. even do only canned Diet Coke. Not Diet even, Coke. Not huh? in a bottle. Yeah. Not in a fountain. Canned. So um, we miss him. Or do we? Oh. He hasn't been gone that long yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we will. We will miss Maybe. him. Maybe. Give we us some will. time. Give us some time. You know, that's what we'll say. So we, uh, we started last time a, uh, a series of going through this website, uh, truthstory.org. They, they do the top 101 theological questions that people are asking, um, according to Google. And uh, so this week we want to ask the question, this is one of the most searched theology questions, and it simply is this, who is Jesus? Um, and so uh, these are, I I also looked on here and and on Google, right? You can go there and it'll tell you people also ask these kinds of questions, um, on Google searches. So whenever I typed in this question, who is Jesus? These other questions came up. Um, how do you explain who Jesus is? Who does the Bible say is Jesus? What is Jesus's full name? Why is Jesus God in the Bible? What powers did Jesus have? How do you explain Jesus through a three-year-old? What is one word to describe Jesus? Is Jesus God's son? Who is Jesus in our life? So those kinds of questions are things that people are searching, asking um, on Google. So guys, if someone was to come up to you on the street and say, who is Jesus? What would you say? Probably the first thing that would come to my mind is son of God, honestly, like as a descriptor. Okay. What would, okay, so I'm going to be the person on the street. What does that mean, Tim? I'd probably turn to walk away. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> You're a great evangelist, Tim. <laughs> Why is this guy walking towards me? I gotta go the other way. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay, so what does that mean? No, I was just... I wouldn't, like, start with that. I'm just saying, like, that's one of the first descriptors of, like, mm-hmm. who is Jesus. I think the most important thing I'd want people to know is... He is the son of God because that's what differentiates us from other religions because a lot of people uh, believe the historicity of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, other religions believe he was a, a great prophet, a man of God. They have great things to say about him, and they would even say we follow him to some extent. Uh, but what makes us different of what we believe the Bible teaches about him is that he is uh, the son of God, and then also that he's the son of God who came to earth, lived a perfect life, um, had no sin whatsoever, but yet was crucified on a cross and killed. He was buried in a grave, but he came back to life three days later and rose again. And then he ascended to heaven where he's with the Father now. And that he did this 
one to appease for the father to honor the father obey the father but also he did this so that we could be forgiven of our sins so he took the penalty he paid the price and what the bible teaches us is that we actually can have his works placed on us given given to us on our behalf so that we are credited with the work that he did and that he accomplished. Mm. And that's why we call him the son of God. And that's why we worship him. And that's why we call him our savior and Lord. And so to me, I guess I didn't say he was born of a virgin in that little spiel. No, I didn't. I guess that could be said too, but those are the things that really differentiate what other uh, faiths might say. Mm-hmm. One of the things you started talking about made me think while we're explaining who Jesus is to people, we also have to then bring in some concept of sin because yep. you can't understand Jesus apart mm-hmm. from sin. Cause you mentioned taking our place or, or yeah, because li- the question would be why, why, yeah, why did he have to die? What do you have to take our place from? What are you talking right, about? Right. That would be a fair question that would then lead to, yeah. I, I mean, I mentioned he lived a perfect life, which I guess could have brought that question up. Right. It was like, what do you mean by perfect life? Right. Which would then lead to the sin discussion. Because oftentimes if you say he lived a perfect life, to many people, that might mean, oh, so Jesus is our example. Sure. And we would say, yes, Jesus is an example, but that wasn't the primary reason why he came. Um, the reason he came was not primarily to be our example, but to be the propitiation for our sins. Um, so that that would be another n- another distinction. What do you think most people, if um, you know, you know, if you 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 know, if you were to go to Walmart, uh, and you'll see all kinds of people at Walmart. Yeah. Um, that's your type of people, Spencer. That's my type of people, man. <laughs> Northwest Arkansas, Southern Missouri people right there at Walmart. Um, and you ask them, who is Jesus? What kind of, what do you think some responses would be that we would disagree with? But what what would, what would do you think? I mean, people what, would what say. What Walmart am I in? Am I in Northwest Arkansas or am I in Mineral? Well, if you're in Northwest Arkansas, yeah, you, you the problem is, is for you, Tim, you probably would say, what did you say? <laughs> yeah. If they're talking to me in Northwest what, Arkansas, I'd be like, what? I need to take this stuff out of your mouth and then talk to me. Because I don't know um, what you're saying. That's um, funny. You you don't have teeth, do you? <laughs> what are you chewing on? <laughs> I like yeah. the food, though. I, yeah. Northwest Arkansas is a great place, actually, now. Is it? Yeah, it's boomed. It's grown up so much. Because of Walmart? Yeah, Walmart and the University of Arkansas. The Razorbacks are there. Man. Oh, they are? Yeah, in Fayetteville. What town? Fayetteville. Fayetteville. It's right there. There's like Rogers, Springdale, Fayetteville, mm-hmm. Bentonville's right there too. All the like that. All the Vales. All the Vales. Fayetteville, Bentonville, Louisville, Springdale. <laughs> Come on down here, boys. Oh. That's where that's where our uh, former head of the executive committee, Ronnie Floyd, pastored. Yeah, yeah. down there. Yeah. So, um, yes, down there in Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a very beautiful area of the country. So if we ask somebody at Walmart who Jesus yes. is, what will they say? Yeah, what would they say? I mean, I think, like you said, Tim, they would probably maybe say from a historical point, oh, yeah, he was, you know, a teacher. He he lived, uh, he lived, uh, he was a prophet. Perhaps you'd hear that, especially in the Detroit area. <laughs> um, because and, of Muslim. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah there's this Believers. pretty high view from, a, from yeah, the Arabic standpoint or Arabic background people. Um, 
of that as far as his being a prophet. Um, so maybe like a reference to something historical, but not uh, from anything about divinity, I would say. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I wonder, yeah, because it's hard to gauge, I guess, in some ways, because you don't know um, where people, yeah, like you, you mentioned the historical question, and I, and I wonder too if how many people have even thought about Jesus even as a historical figure. Yeah. He's just kind of like a caricature that they see or see pictured or hear about or um I wonder how many I mean this is the honest truth. I wonder how many of them hear about Jesus apart from uh, a curse word. Um you know, I yeah. mean how much do they actually consider um anything about him um would be would be a fascinating would be a fascinating they probably question. know Christmas. Yeah. They probably yeah. have heard, Easter. you know, like Jesus was born, a baby. Might have even heard of like the virgin birth type of thing. But yeah. I don't know if it's really connected all the time of what that means. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I remember, um, you know, there's some people that don't know. I've encountered this. Some people that aren't even aware that, you know, you know, this whole idea of four gospels where we have four different accounts of Jesus's life. Um um, some people don't even aren't even aware of of those things. Um, so, yeah, who is Jesus? So ha- let's. I want to walk through some of these other questions here about people also ask. Um, who does the Bible say Jesus is? What does the Bible say about him? Could you? Is there, or what are some texts of Scripture particularly that you think are very helpful? Maybe we could think about it that way too. The Gospel of John, the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yeah. Um, is, is very important. Uh, we see in the gospels too, where he is called the son of God. And we see that he is killed because of that, that he is claiming to be God. They say, and Jesus never denies that. Uh, so we see in the gospels, you know, that he would, he would say that exactly. Um, and then, I don't know. There's a lot of, they call him Lord, right? We have uh, the other like names of God that would be associated mm-hmm. with him uh, that we could go to. But I think the Gospel of John is always very, yeah, probably the very, best. very good. Um, of course, the, the purpose, even John tells us, is that we would believe in his name. And John opens up right away with uh, describing to us... Um, Jesus's starting point, so to speak. I've, I've heard Fred Sanders describe it this way, where he says, you know, Mark, it's like a discussion amongst the gospel writers where Mark starts with a gospel with John the Baptist. Um, Matthew starts it with Abraham. Luke starts it with Adam. And John starts with it in eternity past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Within the beginning was the word, um, even beyond that. And so um, John is a very helpful book um, to point people to, because there you have the the clearest, I think, of all the gospels of argument arguments and scriptures um, that are clearly trying to highlight Jesus's divinity, but also his humanity. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So, describing who he is, you also get a bunch of pictures of what he came to do. You know, Jesus says, "I am the light of the world. You're in darkness, and I've come to bring light to you." You're dead. I'm the resurrection. You're starving. I'm the bread. You're thirsty. I'm the water. Um, all of, I am the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. All those images are actually very helpful, yeah. um, practical images that people can can think about. 
in helping them grasp the 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 basic meaning of who Jesus is, but and why he why he came and what he came to do. Yeah, I think Isaiah fifty three too is very helpful. Yeah, now it depends if if it's a postmodern person, perhaps not, but someone that's religious. You know, even talking to a Jewish person, you know, you read Isaiah fifty three, say, who does that sound like? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that was written seven hundred years before Christ came, sure. as, a, as a way to kind of say, see how how you know the the prophetic truths that were that were given f- were fulfilled in the person of Christ, and how you can't deny it. Which is why some of the Orthodox Jews take it out of their mm. scriptures. They take Isaiah fifty three out. Right. They don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to ha- handle that or or look at that because it's going to be convicting. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and one more verse, uh, passage of Scripture that I think about is always very helpful to summarize the gospel is where Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the Twelve, and so on and so forth. This is important because 1 Corinthians is um, a fairly early letter, I believe. And so it's helpfully summarizing that already this was the basic understanding of what the Bible says who Jesus is, and this is what he came to do, and this is why he came to do it. So if somebody's interested in looking for a summary of who Jesus is, what he came to do, that's another helpful um, few set of verses. Okay, Um, let me ask this. What powers did Jesus have? So if someone was to say, well, Jesus did a bunch of really crazy stuff. What powers did he have? What would you say? Mention his healing ministry. You know, mm-hmm. Mark really focuses on his healing ministry that he was able to heal, and you know, including bringing Lazarus back from death. Mm-hmm. What What do you think? Like, so if you were talking to somebody, um, and you're talking about those powers of healing, for instance, what What is that going to do for your conversation with that person? Like, they're going to say, "So what?" Mm-hmm. Um, like, what do you, how are you going to say, what does that mean to me? Yeah, I think that's a hard question to answer because I would, I would need a follow-up question. I would say, what do you mean by power? Are you talking about like laser out of your eyes, like flying powers? Like like, yeah, like are you thinking about like superhero powers? What are you, what are you referencing? Um, I would assume that's what this question is talking about, powers beyond normal human ability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess what comes to my mind first isn't the healing powers. It's he had the power to uh, raise from the dead. Yeah. That would be the biggest thing I would want to bring up so that I could then talk about why he was able to raise from the dead because there was no sin found in him. So sin, he he couldn't die because death is the sentence from sin. He didn't have sin. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I would walk that tightrope, I think, of this question because I would be afraid that if I was like, oh, yeah, he had healing powers. I'd just be afraid of where that led to other questions of like, can we have healing powers? Can he heal me now? All this stuff, which is, I think muddies the water a little bit of like, this isn't, I don't want to go to that yet <laughs> and talking yeah. with you about but, but this. But why does the gospels though focus so much on that healing ministry and the power, like other, right. other I mean, powers it's, it's were proving he is God. Right. I mean, he has the power over creation, right? To speak. I mean, that's why he even says when they're like, who are you? Uh, what kind of man is this that even wins and sees? Yeah, the, yeah, there's yeah, that. But even demons, with the yeah. Pharisees, well, yeah. no, even with the Pharisees, and remember when Jesus is healing the yeah. paralytic, and he's like, uh, by the prince of demons that you cast out demons. Well, they were because he forgave sin, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were they had a problem with that, and he's like, 
Well, I can tell this guy to get up and walk if you want. Bam, get up and walk. Right, and right. it showed that I have the power to forgive sins mm-hmm. because I have power over all this mm-hmm. stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was to prove who he was. Um, the fact that he was had all those miracles and was healing people. And then he had powers of like knowing people's past that you don't see come out a lot. But he did with like the woman at the well. You know, where's your husband? Right. Uh, I don't have it. No, you got like five. You know, and then he <laughs> yeah. he goes on. And so he he had all these different. And then he said, I have the power to call on uh, legions of angels to come and to save me. So he had this like ultimate power, honestly, that we don't see displayed. Uh, but that's right. why we that's why we have it was a testament to who he was. Right. The mm-hmm. miracles. Um, but yeah, I'd just be careful with that question because I'd be afraid of where it would lead. Mm hmm. Because I'm sure people see healing ministries, you know, and sure. uh, all that kind of stuff, which I know can get really uh, confusing. And if it's somebody who is asking these questions, I'm going to guess they don't know a lot about the Bible and about the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that would be the main focus, right? Is like, I'd rather you know the the gospel mm-hmm. message before we... But the miracles touch on who he is. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, like it's interesting, even in, his, uh, even in Peter's preaching to... Um, the Gentiles in, in Acts chapter 10, he says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He, Jesus, went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So even this um, healing and casting out demons ministry was part of the proclamation of the gospel, um, at least to in this instance to uh, Cornelius and his household. I think it's helpful to highlight, too, that the the powers that Jesus shows, um, they have multiple roles, right, to confirm his authority, which is a big issue um, throughout the Gospels, um, to highlight Jesus's authority and power. Actually, many people think, you know, for instance, the whole Gospel of Mark can be divided into two basic sections. Everything leading up to Peter's confession in Mark chapter 8 is highlighting Jesus Christ as the powerful Son of God. But then the second half after the confession of Peter to the very end highlights Jesus as the suffering Son of God. So you have these two things together. Um, and so, but the power is being emphasized beforehand. And similarly, I think about even. Um, uh, instances right after the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus, they say, he spoke like, um, he spoke with authority and then he heals with authority right after him. Matthew chapter 8 to where we see the centurions, uh, remember the centurion says, um, I have men under me and I tell them go and they go and they do these things. So you simply say the word and he highlights the fact that he understands Jesus has authority, um, power and the right to command and that is a very big argument in the Gospels, is that is highlighting Jesus' position, the authority to forgive sins, the authority to heal and make whole, the authority um, to do all those things. And another thing it does is it highlights, I think, his compassion for people, um, where we see uh, Jesus has compassion on sinners and shows that compassion um, through miracles that, that highlight who he is, but they ultimately highlight his compassion for us as sinners with hearts that he still heals um, today. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I guess those are, those are interesting things. I wonder too, um, uh, this would be an interesting thing, Tim, and, and such, you, you talked about how you would probably steer away from those kinds of questions, but I wonder, um, in other cultures, 
I don't mean steer away, like avoid it. I'm just saying I would try to direct it to, like I said, like, well, the most powerful thing we see is his resurrection. Yeah. Because again, I'm trying, I'm sure. probably trying to be evangelistic in this. Yeah. Uh, but then how did, uh, this is the question though, I would say is how do those powers then play in the evangelism purpose? Because Peter somehow. Yeah. I would say to prove, to prove that he was God, to prove that he was like what, right. what you said. I'm just trying to get them away and avoiding them to say, well, you know, get, well, could you lay your hands on me and heal me? Mm-hmm. You know, sure. and those types of things. Like, I, I don't want to sure. approach that stuff yet and get into that. There, and there are people that are going to ask those questions. And I've got somebody else in my mind, though, that's going to say, well, it, who's looking at this um, from a very skeptical, non Christian perspective at all? And he's going to be thinking, if he was to say something like this, well, Jesus had some powers, right? Supposedly in the Bible, you know, he was able to do crazy things and he's going to view it as a very skeptical person. Um, And so there's two different kinds of people. There's somebody that is going to come from a more spiritualistic um, kind of a perspective. Like you're, I think talking more about and somebody else that I'm thinking about who's going to talk about these powers in a very skeptical way as if it's just fiction. Um, Sure. Yeah. And I guess, um, Maybe it's worth for food for thought um, about how we properly use these things as the way the apostles did um, to preach the gospel, but in a way that we don't let the conversation steer away um, to just questions like that, like you said, Tim, about um, can he heal me today? Okay, next question. How do you explain Jesus to a three-year-old? So my daughter, Cora, is almost four, but she's still technically three. How would you sit Cora in that chair and tell her who Jesus is? I'd have Cameron do it because she'd listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> boy. That's I'm going to have to have a talk with Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think John 3.16, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of foundational. You know, God loves the world so much. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. he sent Jesus, you know, and whoever believes in him, whoever puts their trust in him, will not perish, but have everlasting life, you know, and just kind of simple, you know, simple language. Um, and the gospel is very simple in that sense, mm-hmm. you know, lest you be like a little child. And um, I think that, you know, uh, just using that simplicity and word pictures, you know, Jesus is the light. Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, John, that's one thing that John gospel, you know, even in the Greek, it's if you're going to learn Greek, the gospel of John is a good, good starting point, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the Hebraic idea is very picturesque, you know, mm-hmm. uh, as far as their their culture language, and so using those word pictures, Jesus yeah. is light, Jesus is salt. What is? Why do you put salt on your green mm-hmm. beans? You know, whatever. Yeah, you know, and just kind of simple, simple word pictures. Mm-hmm. I think the word pictures are very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually was it. Um, who was the guy? Oh, uh, pastored at Moody Church for a really long time. Erwin Lutzer. No, before him. Oh, the really famous guy wrote Maybe. all the commentaries. Tory, all right. No, wrote all the commentaries. Um, oh, oh, um, you know who I'm talking. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> this is really sad. Can't think of who he. Walter uh, Kaiser. Wearsby. 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 Yeah, Warren Wearsby. Oh, okay. Yeah, Warren, um, Walter. Walter. Yeah, Walter. <laughs> Walter Weir- Warren Warren, Warren Wearsby. I think it was in one of his books. Um, and this stuck with me. It was like on preaching. But one thing he showed, he said, there's a difference between, and he was using the example of. Um, you remember the story where uh, David has run away from Absalom and there's Hushai and there's Ahithophel and they're giving counsel to Absalom. Yeah. 
And Ahithophel is very logical and straightforward, saying, listen, we need to go right now. You give me these men. We'll finish the job tonight. It'll all be done. You'll be king. Hushai opposes that in God's providence, but he he uses the example of Hushai began to describe things vividly. He says, David, you know, they're mighty men. They've been men from their youth, and it's like a she-bear. Like, he he starts using illustrations. Mm -hmm. And so, whereas um, Ahithophel's counsel actually was better than Hushai's, but Hushai was able to help Absalom see it mm. with those metaphors and to actually put it before his eyes with those with those word pictures, mm. whereas Ahithophel was simply using straightforward logic. Mm. And he uses that as an example of how we, when we preach, we want to give, we want to help people see it through yeah. those metaphors. And uh, that sticks out to me with what you're saying, Dave. Um with, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, children are all familiar with the concept of having dirt on you or being dirty. Mm-hmm. And Jesus's blood is that which makes us clean. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, you're hungry and starving. Well, Jesus is like the bread that satisfies our hunger and our, th- our yeah. thirst and all yeah. those yeah. those basic things where you're afraid of the dark. Well, look, there's a, you know, we have a light that comes from your closet and it breaks through. And that's what Jesus does into our hearts. Yep. I think things like that, um, we should really lean upon the, the biblically ordained metaphors, um, I think, are very helpful um, in in explaining these things to children, but also, honestly, um, to adults. Um, I would say so uh, as as well. Yep. Okay. Um, one last question: Who is Jesus in our life? Now, this was just one of the questions they asked, so that you could take this, I guess, in any different number of ways. But who is Jesus in our life? And again, it's kind of like what Tim was saying about being careful not to go down rabbit holes because in our postmodern, you know, hedonistic culture, I think Jesus is popular in some ways. You see shirts, t-shirts, you know, Jesus is my homeboy or, you know, whatever that, you know, that, that Jesus can do something for me. You know, it's like, it's very, it's very subjective. Like, you know, I can, I can add this into my life, you know, spirituality is very popular. You know, it's not too different than Hinduism. Just add it, add one more deity, right, to the to the right. slew of others. And so um, I think you can get people thinking that way, but then turn it from an evangelistic standpoint and say, well, yeah, but you have to understand that, you know, who Jesus is, is he's a rescuer. His mm-hmm. name, Yeshua, the Joshua, his name, his very essence of his name means to rescue. And why do you need to be rescued? Because of sin. Right. It's not some like add on like, oh, it's going to, you know, it's going to make your life smooth. And, and now that you have, you know, Jesus is, is this magic genie that you rub his belly and everything's mm-hmm. going to work out. He's going to grant you the wishes, you know. Um, and so kind of flipping it because from a, you know, a humanistic or secular standpoint, that's going to be like, oh, well, what can he do for me? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Right. I think, <clears throat> again, it depends on who you're talking to. Right. But. Yeah. This idea of being in Christ and what the Bible means when it says in Christ over and over and over again, because that's how it often describes us as Christians, and that everything seems to hang on that. You are in Christ. I think that's how I would want to answer this, is who is Jesus in our life as Christians? Who is he? He's everything in our life because we are in him, and so that sums up everything. Like he, He is our salvation. He is our forgiveness of our sin. He is our our righteousness. And so everything he has done for me, so I don't have to do it. He's my rest. 
he's my peace, he's my hope, he's my joy. It can all be summed up in the, in in Christ, being in Christ. And so uh, that's why he's so valuable and so important to us, and that's why we would worship him. Because uh, he's done everything for me, and that would be the good news that I would get to tell somebody is he can be everything for you too, where you don't have to do anything. He's done it, you know, to earn, you're not, you can't earn God's favor. You can't be forgiven of your sin based off of something you do. This can only be done when you are in him and you've trusted in him. And so who's Jesus in my, in our, my life? He's, he's, he is like every, everything I guess is what keeps coming to my head, but it's like, he needs to be the definition of my life. He, he's, he is what I am because he's covered me with his blood. He's, he has forgiven me completely. And so in the eyes of the Father, in the eyes of God, when he sees Tim, he sees the blood of Christ. He sees the works of Christ. He sees the perfectness of Christ. And he's forgiven me of my of my sin. Uh, and so that's who he is to me. I'm not trying to earn my salvation. I'm trying to serve him now because of that. I want to honor him. But I don't think he's ever mad at me and disappointed at me. He has a perfect love for me, and because of that perfectness that he has towards me, I want to, according to his word, pursue him like we've been talking about in some sermons recently, right? And I want to flee from sin. I want to fight. I want to do all these things. Again, not to earn anything, but because of who he is in my life and the promises that his word tells us. Um, this is why... Uh, this is why, like, one-on-one evangelism really quick at Walmart is very difficult mm-hmm. because you can't have these conversations really and really mm-hmm. explain stuff because it's all connected. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even think we've brought up the Trinity in talking about this. Who is Jesus? He's the second person in the Trinity would need to be said. But we know that would lead to, like, what? <laughs> yeah. thought there was one God. Yeah, there is. Okay. Yeah, let's go back and... Yep. The next thing you know, you're having to do a whole biblical theology and you're just like breaking out. And it's like, I get I get sharing the gospel, but it has to oftentimes just be very simplified. Almost like you're talking to a three-year-old mm-hmm. when you're talking to an adult. If it's mm-hmm. going to be this just one-on. Now, if you're meeting with them every week, that leads to being able to talk more. Yeah. Right. But it, this stuff is difficult. If you're just imagining a scenario where you've met somebody you have this opportunity. Maybe you're on a plane or something, right? You got like an hour. You have this opportunity to talk with them. It's just, it's so much that yeah. it's difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like with a three-year-old, you can just do the big concepts. Jesus loves you, like you guys said. But you also know that you hopefully have the rest of their life to keep talking and <laughs> you'll add to this and expand on this. Um, so I think you have to keep it pretty simple when you meet with people and I've had that before, you know, where I can see where a conversation's going in a question. I know where they're leading, but it's like, I am not going down that right now with you. Cause it's just going to lead to so much more confusion mm-hmm. and a misunderstanding that it's not worth it at this moment. Let's keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that's very, unhel- uh, very helpful. Very unhelpful. Very, very, <laughs> un- very uh, unhelpful. <laughs> Truth came out. Yeah. Mm, all, you moron. Uh, all honesty aside. Um, no. Uh, yeah, no, I think because one of the big things we want to avoid is um, people simply saying that Jesus is my example. I look to him to try to help me live my life. Yeah. Um, because that's a very 
inadequate view of who Jesus is. I, I think about here about uh, Luke chapter 2. Um, who is Jesus in our life? Well, first of all, because there's three, there's like these yous um, for us. First of all, he is the good news of great joy for us. He is the one who brings this announcement of joy, of an accomplished um, salvation, of restoration with God to us. He is born unto us as a Savior. He's our Savior, our Rescuer, the one who um, puts everything back in its proper place for us and makes us right with God. And then also it says you'll find the sign. There's a sign for you, and he's, he's incarnate um, for us as our Savior, as our Lord, and he, he fills our lives with, with joy um, because of what he's done for us in our place. And so um, I think those are, those are all very important um, things to talk about who Jesus is in our life. Um, he is the gift of God given to us as our Redeemer and our Savior and our Lord. And so it's very important. I think one of the things, it's funny talking about this, you would think that this question would be um, um, quite easy to answer, but then also you realize how how difficult it is to summarize things helpfully and quickly. Mm-hmm. And that, that then I think highlights the importance of, uh, of, uh, of course, reading the scriptures, but also, um, you know, potentially studying things like summary, summary statements, like the apostles creed, like Tim, you, you walk through that. Basically he was born, he died, rose again, you know, all those things. That's part of the reason why those creeds are really helpful because, they're kind of like little bite-sized theologies for us to kind of carry in our minds. So if we have a conversation with somebody, we kind of have a, a mental checklist to go through and say, this in a nutshell is who this guy is. Um, and um, I think that's and, very helpful. And we've heard that before, like Baptists and creeds don't always match up. But I know growing up here, they were like, you should be able to share the gospel in two minutes or three minutes, right? right? And it was always like a a simplified version yeah. of the gospel and making sure that you get it all in there and don't just tell your story. It's about him and what he has done. And so trying to, those are good uh, practices to, to think through mm-hmm. so that when the opportunity does arise, you can uh, say something, you know, brief and, and quick and, and true mm-hmm. and trust that God will use that because God has used that for, yeah, he's used that for a long time, you know, and like the creeds, like you said, God's used those for a long time because that's what people have used. They've recited that and said that, um, and that's a great thing. I mean, just this week, I my little nephew was here for the first time. He's like five. He got into children's church, and he was shocked. My, you know, he went back home with my grandparents. And he was shocked. He's like, "Why?" I think he asked the question, uh, "Why would Jesus die for?" me for everybody Mm. like that was the first time i think he'd really heard that you know but even at that young age he'd heard that and it was like it peaked it 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 worked Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah i'm sure they weren't going into some hard in-depth theology back there in children's church but it was just a simple truth and uh that gave my parents the opportunity to like tell him yeah he died he died for everybody but and and, you know like what does that mean well you could go to heaven, you know, and our, our grandfather died not too long ago. So he asked a question about that. Is he in heaven? Well, yeah, but not everybody goes to heaven. You know, you just get to ask, again, five years old, simple, mm-hmm. plain, but God's been using that for 2000 some years yeah. now. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, and the church is still sustained because God works through these 
easy truths that are also very difficult truths as well. Yeah. You know, as yeah. you get into them. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Which is cool. All right. Well, I guess we're going to call it quits then. Great. Are we going to eat lunch? Or are we going to do another one? Yeah, we can real quick. It's like the inside to what happens yeah. here. We're really just thinking about what we are going to drink next and eat. <laughs> we <laughs> With can. podcasts in between. <laughs> we can eat or we can do it real quick, another one. So we will talk What's about What's the that. next one? Do you know? What is the church? That's another question people ask. What is the church? Well, that's a good teaser. Mm-hmm. Can think about yeah. it. Think about it ahead of time and we will do that next week or for us after we decide what we're going to do next. (laughs) All right. Take care. God bless.